Hey guys, welcome back to Get Some Perspective. I'm Javen Long. This is my podcast, and as always, I thank you for listening. Uh, we finally did it. After talking about them on multiple podcasts, When the Clock Strikes was in my home, and we sat down and talked, uh, as good friends do. Had a great time with them. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Uh, Strikes.com. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff there as well. You can catch them Friday, May 17th at uh, Chimera for the Promcore pre-show in Tulsa uh, at 4 p.m. And then Saturday, May 25th, uh, if you're listening to my podcast, it's probably a road trip for you. Go see them in Houston, Texas at The Secret Group. Hopefully you can find it. There's your free dad joke for the day. So anyway, let's dive in, talk to when the clock strikes, and get some perspective. It was. It was. It was the 15th. It was last Friday. Okay. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 24. 24. I know. I'm older than you? Yeah, I'm a child. Everyone oh, is. Wow. Pretty much everyone's older than me. I don't know why I thought you were older than that. Wait, no. are you, are you you're, where are you from? Muskogee. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, this has stuck with me ever since I was a kid. People from Muskogee always seem older than they are to me. Very, I don't know why. I want to make a joke, but I'm going to keep Go it. ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like the meth in the air. Remember you're... I was going to say, remember you're also from Muskogee. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> no, I, I look 45. <laughs> <laughs> like 22. It's oh, all. man. That's, <laughs> I've just always thought that. Like, everybody that I met from Muskogee, like, growing up playing music, because that was the intermingling, Tahlequah and Muskogee, um, I always thought everybody was like in college and they were like seniors in high school. I was like, oh shit, man. Why does everybody from Tahlequah look so young? <laughs> right. Muskogee just ages you, though. It does. I mean, God. yeah, yeah. You see these bags under my eyes? <laughs> these are all trauma wrinkles. I have no hair. Basically, wrinkles. It's been oh rough. Goodness. It's been rough. Well, shit, I am so glad we finally made this happen, dude. You guys have come up organically on almost every podcast. That I've recorded. It's weird. Seriously. It's Seriously. I hope it's all been good. It's I mean, Oh, it's all been just okay. like rave. My friend, he'll go through and watch every episode again yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> These dudes. What if like three people can work at anything? No, I'm not afraid to Have lie on here. Have they ever tried to do here. a tiebreaker? Huh? I said, I'm not afraid to lie on here. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We can have Becca do fact checks. Sometimes yeah. I fuck with her and I just She's say, up here rapidly hey, pull, that up, pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been up to lately? What have we been up to? Um, we just got off a, a. We just played a show at the Vanguard this past weekend uh, with Bowling for Soup. Oh shit! That's um, right. Man, I was broken. Then it was sold out, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, I probably should have expected that." It is fucking Bowling for Soup. How was that? Oh, it was. It was very cool. It was a. It was a great show for us. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we met a lot of new folks that came out. Um, you know, they came to see Bowling for Soup. They they seemed right. like us, and so um, it was just good for us all around. We sold some stuff, uh, made That's some new fans. Nice. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, was the was the crowd just fucking nuts? Yeah, they I were, saw they pictures. Were, they were into it. I'd say that like with with the amount of like of uh, of new folks that that came to see us or whatever. You know, it takes a little while to like to win over or warm up, but like everybody was into it. Um, the first That's time like, someone stage dived, yeah, like was, there were a couple looks of like sheer horror. Like, like what oh is yeah, this? how did this happen? Uh, we have only heard Phineas and Ferb. What is going on? <laughs> 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 so. 
We're uh, we're bowling for soup, nice dudes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, they're yeah. friendly. Did yeah. they mingle and everything like that? Uh, I got a chance to hang out with them for about an hour beforehand. Yeah. Um, they were hanging out at the Hunt Club and before load-in, and I got there too early, so I had, I went over there just first. kill time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were just hanging out at the bar, so I introduced myself, and uh, Jarrett was like, yeah, sit down, grab a beer. So uh, me and my girlfriend just nice. hung out with them for... About an hour before load-in. Wow. They were nice. We talked about Adam Sandler movies. Oh, okay. I was about to ask, what was the conversation? Just Adam Sandler and stuff? I, yeah. That's mainly what we talked about, honestly. That seems like very on-brand for Bowling for Soup. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm glad I stopped, they're consistent. I stopped by for a second. And uh, yeah, I was I was too stressed out and anxious about the about the show or whatever to really mm-hmm. kind of hang out or engage. But like, I said hi to everybody. And everybody was really, yeah, super cool. Just yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Very chill. Uh, yeah. And warm. So, you know. Yeah. They were, they were very inviting. Very... And very nice things to say. So, Good. So yeah. It's yeah. always nice. Did you like did you like give them a bunch of merch and CDs and stuff? No. We didn't do that no, we I didn't do that. We didn't yeah. I didn't pedal our stuff yeah. on. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is odd because Blake's usually the guy that just like unapologetically like pushes us. So like, <laughs> so like for him not to do that is a little bit out of character, but I'm well, okay though. Were they the, was, were they the the biggest act that you guys have been around or shared a stage with? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. so. Right. Yeah. Did that factor into you being a little bit nervous about pedaling no, your shit? <laughs> I was expecting to shake their hand and go on with my day. I wasn't expecting to get like an invite to sit down and then be there for 40 minutes. Right. I was just like, oh, okay, we're here now. <laughs> like, uh, but um, yeah, they were super nice. Um, some some people they were hanging out with um, well, that weren't in the band but like were associated with them. Uh, came by and bought some of our merch, and we're very, good. We're very nice and good. Maybe um, it, maybe photos it. and all that stuff. So that's 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 was good. To, it was a good feeling. Yes, very nice. I think the only really like last thing I have to say about the show on my end is like it was really cool that it was sold out, and like but like typically like you know for the opener bands or like us, um, you know if it's a big handlining act, uh, folks kind of filter in or out or whatever depending yeah. on that or whatever. But like for this show it was really cool because. Literally everyone packed in by uh-huh. the time the doors opened and everybody stayed and everybody was engaged. And it was literally like every band got the best possible shine that they That's Yeah, no, definitely. There was there was never like a point ridiculous. where like you saw it dip down or people right. were kinda scattered. Like yeah. it was it was pretty packed like sardine sardines the whole time. So. Yeah. How uh, who else was on the show with you? Uh Anchorway. Anchor Wave. Yeah. Anchor Way. Sorry, I don't know why I said wave. I've seen their <laughs> name on a poster before. <laughs> That's a fighting move. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're 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 good buds of ours, so it was really cool to have that experience. With They've them. been around for a minute, haven't they? Yeah. 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 Now. They're they're uh, bassist Newt. He's my cousin. So. Oh Newt! No no no! I know Newt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Newt's a great yeah. guy. Yeah, he's also he's in like 34, 35 other also bands. Also true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anchor I don't think that's an exaggeration. Though, right? Yeah, oh, is I think, it the original? Yeah, I think Anchor Way. Yeah, uh, Hillman, Matt, and John, like Matt and John are brothers or whatever, and I think like Newt, like. Yeah, and go play in, you know, one of those, like, small hangout and play together bands or whatever, you know, rehearse at the, uh, at the church or whatnot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so, like, they got, and that's how they kind of started. And I think Man. you'll have to ask them and get him on here, but I think they just started, like, oh, okay, well, we'll play a couple of shows. We'll put on a show in prior and go from there or whatever. And just kind of, like, watching them develop and grow, like, each of them and, like, particularly, like, you know, Newt going on and doing his thing and, like, right. and really kind of spreading his wings and helping build the community of musicians around here is just really rad to watch. Yeah, you know, man. Like you, you start those little pockets 
and you see those little pockets start and you watch them spread, you know, and you watch, uh, watch everybody kind of get their own place. And it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been in plenty of, uh, church rehearsing bands. <laughs> I imagine you guys have too, right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's a real oh, yeah. thing. Where did, uh, where did it all start for you guys? It, you Blake came in later, correct? I did. So that's, did. that's a question for them. Right. I want to <laughs> get there because I've, I've sort of seen, you know, or not seen, but like heard echoes of the When the Clock Strikes origin story, but it was a little, it was before my time. It's kind of like the Joker, you know, he says, well, I want to know how I got these scars and it changes a little bit each time. So yeah. Like, um, well, well, the version will go with today. My father was a drinker. Last, yeah. last interview we did, like Blake said he started the band. It was really weird. Like, we just roll with yeah. it. I just kind of hung out in the background for a while. They were like the puppets. So I was just pulling the strings for the first year or so. Wild card. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it start though? So it started with you guys, right? Yeah. It started in Muskogee. So we were, we were all from Muskogee. Um, and so we, not too long into it, we rented out a space that we still use mm-hmm. today. Um, you and Steven go way back? Yeah. Okay. Steven and I met back in like what, 2006, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. We met in like a college algebra class. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was, it was a weird, like real was, chance encounter. Was it con- like, was it like concurrent yeah. enrollment? Yeah. Yeah. So Jervo? like me and yeah, Jaren, like uh, Steven's wife, like we uh-huh. were going to high school together. And so we were in that class concurrently. And then Steven was, you know, he's like a year ahead of us. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, they asked you, me to hang out. And, like it was, it was one of those weird like ITV classes or whatever, where the the teacher was barely there in spirit or like physically or whatever. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Literally, kind of one of those deals is like, okay, well, this is great, fantastic, and um, yeah. So they were down there, like down there, in, like a step down sort of row or whatever. And I was always by myself because you know I don't know. But uh, <laughs> they asked me to set with them, or particularly Jaron did or whatever. So I did, and I hung out with you, and then Derek Brown, and then Jaron, yeah. and then it just kind of like went from there on that. Right. So that's how we met. I know Derek Brown. I got one of yes. my best friends out of the we deal. Go I way got back my with... wife out of the deal. So hey, you got a band, a yeah. great friend, and a wife. Yeah, Look all, at you. All from the same thing. All yeah. From the same thing. Derek Brown. I met him in kindergarten i think actually oh, we've okay. been literally friends for that long wow so, yeah yeah i i know him from pcg oh yeah yeah yeah. right yeah so i, I met him and jordan and justin all at the same time Derek's got a slew of kids now right <laughs> he he's got four like kids, 72 man, he's got a little he's got a little pack he's raising an army that's right you know that's he's, good he's, he's having a good time though i'm happy for him <laughs> yeah man he looks like he's doing <laughs> great a plot of land i don't know building their own thing there's like a wicker man in the background <laughs> <laughs> None of that's confirmed. Everyone, calm it's down. Fine, fine. <laughs> so you meet. The cops uh, won't yield. We have a way. <laughs> you meet Basin and Jaron. Where does does he just say, you know, hey, do you, do you play anything? Does it come up in conversation? Do you see him at church or? And this where like did years the years later? So where did the music enter? Yeah, it's like, like I mean, a we long just time later. You know, we became friends in that class, so we hang out, did various things here and there. Um, I was in like two bands, uh, like before we even like before I even wrangled like bass in because I knew like I didn't figure out you played bass until a while, but uh, we I, I played uh, played guitar in this. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Kind of like a post hardcore, sort of like metalcore yeah. outfit called like It All Burns Down. And like, you're still in a band that nobody knows what to call. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, <laughs> something's never changed. This may be my fault. What are genres? But, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, we kind of had some personnel changes or whatever. And then kind of like, I knew Bazin played bass really well, uh-huh. just particularly like, I didn't have any more background other than like he, um, 
he had snagged me to kind of come help out, you know, his praise and worship things a couple of times at that point. And that's how I kind of like knew you could play, I think, is maybe mm, how that maybe. started. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. We can go with that. Anyway, we can go with that this we, time. We can go with that. Point is, is I knew, this he could, time. I, could, I knew he could play bass well. So I was like, hey, can you come in? So he came in and played a little bit while for that. We kind of, band was kind of like, you know, kind of disintegrated like most you know bands do especially in your like late teens and early 20s right yeah <laughs> so many emotions yeah so many feelings so many strong ideas you know what I mean? <laughs> so like that just kind of you know goes on its way but uh but we kept in contact we kept in touch like during good that, so yeah what? That, that three month run with uh it all burns down was was cool it was a good you know there was correct me if i'm wrong there was a, there was a trio that you guys were in together that was before when the clock strikes i forget the name of it I mean, that would be the only thing that we did. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the only two bands that Stephen and I were in together were at Auburn's Down and then When the Clock Strikes. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, see, there's there's lore out there, yeah, guys. Right. There's, right. Lore. Yeah. there's lore. There's mm. lore. I've heard it. So anyway, um, I don't know. Fast forward, whatever. Like, I, I ended up having to take a pretty long break from music because mm-hmm. uh, I ended up taking care of my mom. Right. Subsequently, my dad. Get my sister fully raised up. All yeah, the way, yeah. Whatever. You know, just kind of like a weird. Um, you were grinding my levels. Tw- my twenties were like this weird, chaotic, like tragedy after tragedy, or oh. trauma after trauma, and I don't like. And we can we can dissect that for like a four hour podcast if you want. <laughs> I'd rather not. Hey, we'll, we'll bring just, we'll, we'll bring just, you on separately yeah, sometime. Just talk about all that. Talk That's, about my feelings. Yeah. Um, but anyway, point we can is, get real. Is I had, I had okay. to hang about everything up. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, my mom died. My dad died. My sister kind of went on her own separate way. So I literally like, I had all these responsibilities mm-hmm. that were just like through like kind of not the best terms, like, th- like were alleviated. Right. So I was kind of bored and sure. I needed to express myself. So yeah. like, I kind of, I started and, uh, started jamming with a drummer juice. We yeah. jammed for a little while and it was like, I want Bazin cause Bazin is fantastic. So what were you doing all. at the time when he hit um, you up? So during that time, um, I, you know, I went through college. Um, hey, Blake, I, you can know, you just shut the fuck up for a second? Mm-hmm. My bad. I'll just turn the mic Excuse off, you. actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, you know, I went through college. Um, I, my dad passed away at the end of my college career as well. So mm-hmm. I was kind of working through that. And, uh, you know, my first job, my first couple jobs. Um, and so by the time, uh, Steven contacted me for what would become when the clock strikes, you know, I was, I was working for Cherokee nation doing it support stuff. Right. And I was in Tahlequah. So, um, you know, that was when it all came together. It was, uh, it was a good time. It That's was, it was good. The, it was and the right like, time. Yeah. Right. You guys had a lot to, you know, had a lot in common. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. not the, it's not like, you know, Hey, we both like anime or whatever, right, right. unfortunately, which you guys do. That's just, I mean, yeah, also true. Right. Also <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's that's a plus chance encounter meeting in, in the concurrent enrollment and then another, you know, chance reconnection out, mm-hmm. out of that. That's really cool. So it was, it was you two and juice. And that mm-hmm. was the first iteration of when the clock strikes. Yep, yep. I think that's whenever I started hearing you guys and seeing you guys playing shows and stuff. Um, and I, I've, I've always said it. I made a joke on Facebook the other day that you guys like defy classification or whatever, but <laughs> I really think you do because there's, I mean, there's elements of so many different things in there. Um, I mean, there's not elements of like jazz or metal, of course, but, 
But like, there's just it's just such a conglomeration of so many different influences. It's really cool. I mean, I don't mean to sit here and suck your guys' dick or anything. No. But <laughs> I'm just thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words. Right, right. <laughs> so I mean, we don't have to get into anything like dramatic or whatever. But there was a switch. Juice he moved to uh, Arkansas for whatever reason, and then Blake comes on the scene. Were you in a, in a band before when the clock strikes? Um. Yeah. Um, we, we weren't, we weren't very active or anything, but me mm-hmm. and, uh, Jake Ford, um, uh, yeah, 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 me and him were kind of dabbling with what became dark values. I guess uh-huh. we called it dark values at that point, but it was a very different form of dark values. Uh-huh. Um, it was sort of acoustic, wasn't it? Yeah. We were an acoustic gig for, for a little okay. bit. Um, we actually played with when the clock strikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, there was a show in Tahlequah where me and Jake opened up, you know, just doing acoustic jams. I think I remember that bill, it was to at, be honest. Uh, Brew Dogs? Is that uh-huh. what it's called? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 yeah Dude, I played Dog a show. lot of gigs at Brew Dogs with Austin Cobb mm-hmm. and the, the, <laughs> the Red Dirt Extravaganza. Oh, nice. That was uh, fun times, what mm. I can remember of them, at least. Ah. <laughs> um, that, was, that was my only experience with Brew Dogs. I don't think it... I don't know. It like open. It was only open for like certain times of the year. Is yep. that right? Yep. It was only gotcha. open in like the winter time because the rest of the time... Or, wait. Summer? Summertime. Because mm. the rest of the time... He uh, he sold plants. He raised and sold plants, and so hmm. that that was the money he used to keep the bar open or something like that. So during the summer was when he could make plants happen. Hmm. So whatever works. I, I guess. mean, yeah, whatever yeah, works. Yeah, cool. yeah. I don't know. That's unnecessary information. What? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's literally all we're. <laughs> we came here to talk about Palmer's plants right off Fifty One. <laughs> everybody, go. come on by. So but, you weren't uh, drumming. You weren't drumming before Mm-mm. when the clock strikes. This uh, isn't your first drumming band, is it? No. Okay. When, when I was in high school, I was in some some really bad uh, metalcore bands. <laughs> well. uh, Are there any good metalcore bands in high school? Fair. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I. So I played I played bass in like a, in a metal band in high school, and then became the drummer because apparently no one in Muskogee plays drums. The old switcheroo. Yep. <laughs> no, I really, I'll be honest. Like I started focusing on drums because it was Blake. You kind of know how to do that, right? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> and so uh, just kind of stuck. Not mad. I like it. No, I, uh, you're you're really good, dude. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I, I played. You know. A little bit in high school, but really until when the clock strikes, I didn't do anything. It wasn't your um, main instrument until when the clock strikes, basically. Weirdly enough, yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a main instrument. I fiddled with a guitar and I played right. played drums a little bit, and uh-huh. and here I am. Um, Heck yeah, yeah. Um, so me and Jake were kind of doing that, um, and then how I kind of got hooked up with these guys is I've always I've always known Stephen. He's always been like in the area. He worked at the music shop that I went kind of to. Tertiary background. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. He's always there. He, he was always just kind of there, <laughs> just like and waving and giving a head nod and smiling mm-hmm. at people. Just, yeah. just always there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I even talking about? Um, so I kind of knew him. Um, I started doing like audio engineering. Like I, I started like mixing and like recording things, mm-hmm. and that stemmed from me not wanting to bring a guitar amp to school. So I got an interface and ran amp sims, and that turned into recording me. Hey, there and you it go. Just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. But um, that's I how we did the whole Supernormal record. There's no shame in direct end, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> it gets the job done. Absolutely not. Right. Um, so um, that snowballed into me knowing other people, so I could learn how to do it better. Mm-hmm. 
and that snowballed into me annoying Steven to let me record something for one of the clock strikes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. the first it's time like you Liz. saw us was at uh, was Game, at the, the GameStop, GameStop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we played uh, we played a midnight release for like. Oh Smash God, Bros. that's so appropriate, right? Yeah. Like that you all yeah. met each other at GameStop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. midnight release. We pl- yeah we played yeah it was the Smash Brothers. I think it was a Pokemon. Yeah, Smash right? Brothers and Pokemon. Brothers. Yeah. yeah, it was released. We got to play out there, whatever for that. And yeah, and um, I remember that bill too. I got all I got all that like you know. <laughs> All my stuff packed away and just talking to Blake. Like Blake kind of hassled me about this as I'm like yeah. as I'm steaming up, like yep. like literally steaming, literally oh steaming gosh. outside, kind of because it's cold outside. I'm like, uh huh. I mean, yeah, because like I have no thoughts after our sets, like mm. ever. Like so, so it's very. So much if you need anything, bug him after, after a set. It's like yeah, sure, sounds great. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's make it happen. So yeah, I think it was the uh, you were talking to me about like. I think every time we tried to plan this podcast was immediately after one of your sets. So. <laughs> yeah, like, that uh, makes sense yeah, as to why it's taken so long. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. It's so, mostly my fault. Sounds good. Let's figure it out together. Oh no, bye. <laughs> um, Later. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't know how Mega Man happened. Like, I don't know if like if we had planned on it or wanted to like write that, but that's how. But we, but that conversation, yeah, we we kind of did a, like a Mega Man like two cover mm-hmm. out of that. Uh-huh. And so like I don't know. Just yeah. Like, so you guys met doing recording stuff, mm-hmm. and then what did they just hit you up one day like, hey, we need a drummer, or was it for like um, fill in or? So so fast forward, I don't even know how long. How long had it um, been since you'd played drums for a band? <laughs> When they hit you up to play their fast ass punk a very rock long music, time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those drums you got kind of rotten in your pants. I had it. Can you dust those off? Basically, yeah. uh, <laughs> two to three years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I was a sophomore, or yeah, I think I was a sophomore in in uh, high school last time. I like I had like seriously played drums. Then they and hit you was, up when you're like 21 or whatever, right? I was younger. younger. No, I guess I was. I, my no, first turn 21. My first we show. Were, my yeah. first official show with when the clock strikes was a week after I turned 21. Yeah. Okay, all it right. Was. So <laughs> it was which very good timing because it was at a bar. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so yeah, it had it had been um, it had been a minute. Yeah. Um, but fast forward, I, I don't know how long. Probably a few months. Was it rough at first? Um, start, yes. Like playing their music. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> was it was it rough for was it rough for you two as well? Like, what do we get ourselves into? Look at this guy. A little bit. <laughs> you can be well, honest, bear it all. Okay. You guys are and, doing great now. It doesn't matter never what you say. Click there you either. Go. And so Steam was like, "Do that," and I was like, "All right, this is gonna be terrible." Um, so I, I had to adjust to that too. I always believed in you. I, I was a little worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a little bit of worry behind. The there's it's always okay. yeah. There's always a little bit of worry behind me naturally. Mm-hmm. Period or whatever. Oh, so always. like so so that was just Stephen's like, like the the old heist leader and who like gets talked into bringing this young guy on mm-hmm. and he's like if the kid doesn't fucking die he's gonna be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can make it one show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know he'll be in. So Blake, Blake put work in. Blake put hard work in. He literally had to kind of like, I mean, I'd say almost borderline relearn drums. Like almost, yeah. Pl- like get get the sort of click things down. Uh-huh. Basically broke down every single our, every single one of our songs with every single one of our fills and like had it all kind of down pat in like a month and a half, a month or whatever. Um, you learned yeah. it down to the fills, huh? Yes, he did. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. There was I, a know little, I, I know. I've never been able to do that. Anytime someone asks me to learn songs, they're like, "Yeah, can you learn the fills too?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I learn the fills." Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely things I do differently than like the recordings that I sure, yeah. yeah. But, but you put them in the right places and most of did most yeah, of yeah. it. Mm. Nice. Most of it's there. I think a lot of like, I think a lot of my guitar playing 
like uh, lends itself to a, a perpetual lock-in, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So like the way I kind of like the way I kind of write is like intentionally with almost with drums, like kind of doing a certain like lock in on the notes of, of the riff automatically itself. So it's almost like, it's almost like there's not a whole lot of room. There's not a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. yeah. But there is, I mean, there yeah. is on parts, but like there's not a super ton or whatever. Mm, right. So like, I don't know. So, so for it to kind of naturally lean itself towards that, there, there wasn't a whole lot of like improvisational ability for you. Yeah. For sure. No, you're, while your music is like free flowing, there's just this constant undertone of like complete composition. Like everything is just like so well put together, but it doesn't sound like you're trying, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We're Yay. definitely trying. I can tell by the... Em- <laughs> I, prom- I, was, I promise there's try there. I was about to say, like, you can just tell by looking at the amount of sweat that comes off of Steven that you guys are trying. There you go. Well, that comes a lot from your, your stage presence, and that's one thing that I have... It's always separated you guys from most local bands for me. It's like, you guys actually, like give a fuck and you like move around on stage and stuff and I'm calling my own band out with this. <laughs> is that what that is? Shots fired. I'm not, my band gives a fuck but they don't move around a lot. Um, but like, I don't, I don't think our music really lends itself to that but even with like the pop punk and punk acts outside of like you and maybe a couple more, like a lot of people just kind of stand there and listen to their amps. You know? It's like, you're always running around doing crazy shit. People are throwing out, like, uh, at the Vanguard, throwing out those inflatable ducks and shit. Oh, like, my gosh. We need to bring those back. Those are fun. Yeah, man. When the clock strike shows, you're like, they don't feel local, like, when you guys play. It feels like a, a high-value production, no matter, like, what the venue is and shit. Like, you guys just put on such a good show. Hey, well, thank thanks, you so much. Yeah, thanks, you're man. welcome. Yeah, again, here I am. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, we'll take it. We'll take it. Nerding um, out a little bit. No, we, we definitely get a response when we throw someone in the duck suit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that, that was fun. We Who was the, in the duck suit at the Vanguard? Uh, I think Daryl's always been the duck. Yeah, he's been the duck. Yeah. Daryl? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From, uh, he, 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 he played in now Class Zero. Now that they're back or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Or are they back? Or? It was just that one show. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they flew Josh in for it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Oh, wow. Perfect. <laughs> or drove. I don't know if he flew yeah, or not. Whatever. But Either way, I guess. Transported him some way. Yeah. Teleportation. Yeah. It sounds funny when you say that way. They flew him in for the show. Flew him in. Yeah, just... One night appearance. There was a fly in there too. He's slowly morphing yeah. at a genetic level. There you go. <laughs> um, wow. And, and it's it's so, it's so funny too because uh, I think because we got the dark suit for the music video, and then we just kind of had it. And I was like, it'd be fun if we threw someone in for a show. <laughs> and I I guess it was no, nah, it would have been after the EP release show. I don't know some some random show. I was like, oh, it'd be cool if we threw threw a friend in it and just had a dance around during the song. Um, and I always kind of had Daryl in my mind because he's just kind of that outgoing, crazy guy. He's going to do it. <laughs> and he's going to do it. And, and he's, he's going to do it. And yeah. he's going to love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I asked him, he was like, I would love to. Like he, <laughs> he, like, he was the most excited I've ever seen him. And then again, when I asked him to, you know, when we asked him to do it again, he was like, yeah, <laughs> like, it was almost it, like, like the subtext was like, I thought you'd never ask me. Basically, again. basically like, <laughs> Like he, I will quit wanted, my job. <laughs> when do I need to be here? Where's he rehearsal? wanted to do it more than we wanted him to do it, so like, it, it worked out great. Oh, when he definitely did rehearse, I could tell because when I was watching him from the side of my face, you know, on stage, just like you know, he had timed out certain things he was doing along the words of the song, and like, <laughs> wow, like he had worked on his routine. <laughs> so I was impressed. That's right. He was like mm-hmm. miming along yep. to the lyrics. Yep. Yes. That's hilarious, man. So he, he's uh, yeah, he's he's great. Um. I, where was I going with that? We were talking about the show. 
I don't know what we're talking about, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I was going to talk about um, um, at the Vanguard the, that show. I, was it was it some sort of release? The first time with the duck was it was was it greenhouse just after yeah, it our music really, video. It was after yeah. we had filmed the music video, so that's why we had the duck suit. Okay, yeah, because yeah, we yeah. bought it specifically for the music video filming. Okay, it was kind so of an impulse. We were like, buy, why not? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, like I stumbled across it while we were while spitballing ideas and stuff, and I was like, guys, we got to do this. Like this I'm been, doing this. This has been a really long way for me to bring around. Did Mike fail at his first stage dive this time? Like at this last show? Yes. Did he uh, nail it on the first try? Um, they, they so they held him up for a while. So Good. here's the deal: it's like there were like it wasn't like a typical show. Like I said, it was it was a lot of like I, new kids and fresh like yeah. fresh faces and stuff. So like so there was there was this like mild <laughs> revulsion when they saw somebody like dive at them or whatever. So there's a lot of flight or flight. They held him for I'd say maybe a good solid ten count, and then hey. they did this like three times with all three of the people. Hey. And they dumped them head first backwards oh, because okay. that's oh, not I, good. Don't, I don't understand. So don't do going, going back to Daryl before because we, we we did ducks as the closer so he he was in the crowd for most of the for most of the show um he you know went to stage dive they basically almost instantly dropped him and he was like no and he went back on the stage and did it again and so they held <laughs> like him a little immediately bit yeah As almost to dare them. almost immediately excuse uh, me we're trying this <laughs> yeah, you're gonna try that again <laughs> i'm gonna give you fuckers one more chance yeah, exactly. here exactly i come <laughs> and, then, and then, like, I think they overcompensated because literally it was during Better Friends. And, was like, it? and they they held him literally from, like, the last oh, yeah. course through the bridge, through the final course on. Oh, my the whole gosh. Time. <laughs> so, like, they were like, okay, we figured it out. We got to hold this guy up. And then, like, somehow he made his way back to the stage and they gave Basin a kiss and ran off. Good. That did happen. I love that. <laughs> All this goes mainly over my head while we're playing. I don't know. I can't focus on things while we're playing. So every time they're like, this happened. I'm like, cool. I, I missed it. Yeah, poor Blake sitting Blake. in the back with the click in his ear. And like, I know. can't see that well. I was about to say, he's one of the most focused drummers I've seen <laughs> play live. It's, it's probably because you're trying really hard. But uh, you really are, man. Like, you're always just so locked in. They're all they're always trying to mess with you. And, like, people in the crowd are trying to mess with you. Like they do with me all the yeah. fucking time. <laughs> and Blake's just like, no, nah, I'm blinders, man. I'm keeping this train rolling. That's right. We can have this conversation later. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I have a job right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered uh, when we played the Dream Show together, mm-hmm. one of the last ones that happened there, I think. <laughs> and uh, I, seeing people messing with me, man, I knocked my tom over at that show. And <laughs> I, I think, think I, I remember that. I think I got up and handed it to someone and made them hold it for the rest of the set. <laughs> it was, they were on the front and like they, I, I went to put it up. I was like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna wild card this shit and just handed it to them. You guys you ever go. done anything just like completely random with the crowd that you that wasn't planned? I feel like everything that happens with the crowd, it's nothing's not planned. planned. Nothing's planned. planned yeah, there's always a. So it's more like the crowd throws curveballs at you guys. Yeah, I mean that's very true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> What's one, what's one of the more notable ones that comes to mind? I'm just trying to catch my breath, man. And I'm just trying to like oh. nail these parts as best I can, and it's usually a crap show on that end. So I'm just <laughs> hoping to turn the gain up and hope for the best. <laughs> just make it indistinguishable, yeah. then yeah. you yeah. can't they mess can't, up. They can't tell it's bad. Can you fix the bass higher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Again, I'm always so tunnel vision. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's always. Uh... I think my favorite. Uh, I think my favorite curveball was uh, when I was I was crashed in front of the crowd playing a solo. It was at it was at uh, it was at um, Greenhouse with Rose Gold. Yeah, and um, I feel this whiff of air just like directly over the back of my you know. Oh, didn't Joey like clear you? It wasn't Joey. It was somebody okay. else. It was oh, somebody completely somebody yeah. completely cleared. My entire body, and then all I oh, I just feel that, and then honestly, it's like somebody like in the middle of the crowd like plopped in. So like they oh got my mad gosh. air on yeah. top of that. But yeah, I think that show like that show was like our whole set was like literally just like a game of dodgeball with humans where kids were stage diving literally. <laughs> the whole set. Yeah, they, that, yeah, they were fired up. That's that probably the most crazy. That's probably I mean, the most like wild set. I crouch see. down playing a guitar solo. You're still as tall as Becca. So yeah, like, right, no, no, he did. my <laughs> goodness, it was intense. It's yeah, intense. somebody has that, and I want footage, and I want to see it like, <laughs> from a third perspective. Because literally, I didn't have time to process. Yeah. It's just whittly, whittly, whittly. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh. things yeah. just happen while you're going. You're like, well, I can't stop. Like that yeah. just happened. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so th- this has been a while, but uh, that Vanguard show a few years ago, where the crowd took you. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of how that happened to me too. I was like, I was head down playing, playing whatever. I think it was Redemption. Yeah. Um, and then I look up, and you're just gone. I see you like halfway across the Vanguard, like just being carried away. I'm just like, bye, Steven. There he's gone. There he's gone. <laughs> they took him. <laughs> see you later. I, I think it's, I think it's too many cooks because too many cooks? because here's the deal. It's like I lucked out on that one because it's a solo that's all in one position, and I don't have to do a whole lot of like back and forth across the neck. So all I got to do is like just lean into that one position, and there it's, you go. And it's semi nailable. Like there's yeah, yeah, probably yeah. still an appreciable amount of like of attitudeness or whatever. But, but like, no one but gives a fuck of, because you're crowd there. surfing. Yeah, I know. It's like I'm hoping. I'm hoping hoping that's like that's a solid mask but yeah <laughs> i've done it a couple of times so far it's been fun it's been are you always ridiculous. surprised when when the whole crowd catches you and uh, takes for you? my 280 pound self absolutely i was about to say I, like I, I absolutely <laughs> so do you do do you do stage stage dives every time expecting to like fall mm, all the way to the concrete i mean here's the, i give them plenty of leeway and i definitely do not my feet don't technically leave my body as i go into them like there's definitely like a very easy gentle lean back it's like so this they is have, gonna, so they have yeah like this is enough time to like yeah, it's, acclimate. It's, it's like a stage diving hitch moment. Like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna give you 90. percent I need you guys to give me the 10. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> I'll lean into you. If I feel my feet go up, I know that you somebody's got me. Otherwise, I'm just gonna lean into you. Definitely scoping out the area of the crowd with the biggest people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely. you have to plan strategically for these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good, fun, man. Like I was, I was blown away. Like I, I'm perpetually forever blown away with like you know the cool things that we keep get to keep doing and like how you guys are staying pretty busy aren't you yeah it sure yeah, feels like it <laughs> yeah yeah all the time except like if there's a, if there's a week that we're off like i feel like it's the end of the world and i know that's not true so <laughs> what have we done pretty, what are we doing yeah well, <laughs> we're like doing? right now we're not our next show's not till what may yeah yeah uh no, a, at least one in april april we have one in april yeah, yeah the cool. music fest yeah the oh, normal music oh, festival or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. okay or whatever Gotta figure out where that is, I guess. Like, it's in the email. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I would bet I that uh, that Daniel and Steven have a shared calendar and Blake hasn't joined yet and they've been pe- bugging No, about we all have the same calendar, actually. <laughs> we all have the same calendar because he put us all on the same calendar. Oh! <laughs> pointing, yeah. <laughs> pointing at Daniel. Hey, sorry. I'm but, sorry for misjudging you, man. It's okay. It's okay. You're mostly right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you actually hit the accept button in the group chat. <laughs> what... Uh, what do you guys think is is now? What's your? I hate this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, where do you want this to go? 
Like, are you are you planning on staying a trio? Like, are you wanting to like make a full time living out of this? Is this just something you do for personal fulfillment? Like, I'm always interested at this question. Uh, it's a different answer, no matter how talented the group is. You go first. Oh, you first, I, Blake. Uh, I mean, we're we're definitely willing to go as far as it will take us. Um, you know, we have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not banking on this becoming our full time career. But if that were to happen, I'm I'm all in for it. It's hard. I mean, and that's not even just like a, a diss on the music or the ability or anything. Like just this like economy and this climate. Right. It's so hard to in make a living economy. playing music. <laughs> like, it's crazy just to, to think that anybody can actually break out and do this full time and not do anything else. It's just wild. Right. To me. Um, but that's what I was saying. Like, if it ever gets to that point, awesome. Again, I'm I'm all in. I right. would love for that to be the case. Um, we definitely, you know, we definitely make decisions in our daily life that help support this. Um, if that makes sense. No, it does. Okay. Yeah. What do you have to say about it, Daniel? Yeah. You're um, deep in thought over there. Do you want me to come back? I can go to Steven first. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, like 100%, this, this first thing is, is, is personal fulfillment. It kind of gives me something inside to share with other people and Mm. to like, and to grow with other people through. And so like, I think first and foremost, it's that, um, secondarily, um, I think that like, it would be wonderful if this turned into something that was a full-time job. I feel, I feel music in my bones and I know mm. it's like a super blah, like feelery sort of thing to say, but like, I feel like it's such an integration in my person that like I should be doing something with it. Also feel like I personally have a whole lot of like things to get past or get through because I played it so safe to protect the ones I loved in my twenties. Right. It's a perpetually like a daily thing to, uh, to fight myself, to get in a mindset, to be able to risk something for myself. Yeah. And so I rely on Blake and Bazden to push and quell those sorts of anxieties with me. Right. Right. Where you feel like you might be holding yourself back. It's just kind yeah, of a hangover yeah. from having to take care of everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly where I'm at and where I'm growing into is... You've got to remind it, yourself that your band and your bandmates aren't your parents. Yeah. You can take risks and, with them. and, and my, reap my, rewards my, with them. My home, my home will be here. And, yeah. And everything will be fine. Um, I think you know, like another big chunk of that is like... It's at this point with us and it's kind of hard to deny that we could do better things with it, could do more things with it. You guys have so much momentum. And so so many people, like, not only do they love your music, but they just, like, love you guys, like, as individuals. And there's, you can't deny that, like, the good energy that you guys are always fucking sowing out to everybody, like, it's gonna, you're gonna reap rewards from that. It's just gonna happen. Like, religion, karma, whatever you want to call it, like, it's, it's undeniable. I mean, like, yes, bad people do succeed sometimes, but more often than not, it's the people that, like, stay positive and just contribute good things out into the world. Um, and even if, you know, they're at home screaming obscenities into their pillow every night, you know, <laughs> they... How did you know? <laughs> I sensed it. I sensed it. <laughs> Good will come for you it's guys, though. I, I know it will, because you're Thanks, so Thanks, freaking man. talented, and I don't want to talk over no, you're good. based no, in you're here. Good. No, go ahead. I want, uh, I want to hear yeah, you. No, I, I am proud of what we've accomplished this far. I'm proud of my bandmates, and I, you know, I, I think that Steven, I was impressed with Steven's talent from the time I met him, and I thought he deserved to be doing what he does, 
in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I want to, I want to see this thing get bigger. I think it can. And yeah. I think, um, I think that's what I want. Um, I think this is something that I'm good at. So I <laughs> like being able to like, I, I like doing it for me, but I like the seeing the way that it helps other people, you know, like whenever I get a message from someone saying, Hey, this song really resonated with me or Hey, these lyrics really helped me through a hard time. Like, you know, like that's, I don't know. That's, that's really powerful. That's really validating. And, mm. Um, Man, can I just say I I, I played y'all's uh, uh, overnight EP today while I was while I was working. And I wanted to like get refreshed on it. I'd already played it a few times when it came out, but I wanted to come into it with a fresh mind. Let me just tell you, dude, plate tectonics. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness man like the not only just the lyrics that you've that you've written but the way they fit over the chords that steven's playing like uh, it's just like so emotionally matched and the the words are just well smithed man they're just like put out there there's nothing in there that's filler like i want to know like what part what role does everybody play in the songwriting because your songs are so unique that it can't just be like if if it's each of you coming to the table with your own thing and it collaborates, it's just as magical as it sounds. But I would imagine that it's like, you know, it's it's well thought and composed, right? We can, we do like where does it does start? Stuff to the table. I can I can um, do this one if you want. I can do this one. Hey, yeah, you got this. <laughs> yeah, I can do this one. So, is this how the songwriting process is yeah, too? Much, yeah. No, absolutely, <laughs> it, absolutely. Basis starts with a base idea, and then like we put that in a box, and then I usually kind of like. Kick push, it off to the side. Kick, like I uh, usually <laughs> open up the box and push on the edges. Yeah, as he pushes far against as the can. box. Like he adds the anarchy and the chaos. And then, <laughs> and then we kind of like we uh, then we finally like and like Blake's usually like, but he kind of helps hammer it out at that point. But mostly he helps hammer it out uh, like after after I've pushed up against it, <laughs> like and expanded it and like kind of turned it into into something else. Finishing but yeah, touches. but yeah, basically we usually have some sort of lyrics. Um, Usually, like a varying degree of like a vague to almost complete chord structure, and then we'll kind of, then then we'll kind of get together at that point, mm-hmm. and then like I said, I'll just introduce a little bit like as much anarchy as I can to the situation <laughs> uh, before Basin's stomach turns, and then <laughs> and, and then we then we ratchet it all down uh, with Blake, and usually that usually that typically involves like more pre-production, like kind of like throwing it into a DAW and like really analyzing it from there. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, for non-recording inclined people, why don't you go ahead and expand on throwing it into a DAW? Oh, then we'll oh, then we'll record it. Then we'll record it and, re- and like and doing scratch track like is uh, yeah. Scratch yeah, track is demo. Scratch tracks and demos and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Cool, cool. So you typically come in on the back end after they've already got an idea for you. Yeah. that's how I like to do it yeah. as a drummer too. Like all you chord and lyric people. Do your thing, and then I'll put percussion and, and on top of your chords. And let me know what my part knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, where do you, Baysden, where do you draw your lyrics from? Is it bad days? Is it good days? Is it existential man, it can, questions? Uh, <laughs> on overnight, it was a lot of Ooh, existential questions. I can tell. Man. <laughs> There's so many times I talk to you about like about your, you have to talk about your trouble sleeping. You have to talk about your 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 existential dread moments right now oh making yeah you, like that you. was that was a big part of this album so like the song moonlight in particular like you know it's it's talking about the, you know inevitable adversity of life the heartbreak that comes whenever the sun goes down and then you're mm-hmm. just left here in this dark time fuck you know like like what am i doing <laughs> and so it's, i need it's a glass kind of, of like water looking, jesus uh, christ you know, and so in those dark times, the moon is still there. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you can find hope in these dark places and, you know, 
um, it's a sign that the sun is still there. We can't see it, but it's going to come back. There's going to be daytime again. Damn. Um, and so like I that ended that. up kind of being the theme, like the, obviously that's how we came to the album title overnight. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like that was the, that was probably the song that I spent the most time on personally was uh-huh. Moonlight um, and working through these ideas and figuring out how to articulate them. Yeah, yeah. And then everything else kind of fell into place in a similar way because each song to me, um, it kind of represents a different way we can react to adversity and to hard times and to mm. whatever. Like ducks is the lightest of that. You know, obviously, you know, it's kind of like I can't get my ducks in a row, you know, like so sometimes we can just laugh at mishaps and, and problems and, and, you know, we can laugh it off and, yeah. and uh, you know, own those embarrassing moments and that's It's going to cool. suck either way. We might as well be smiling. Right, yeah. Have some fun with it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, uh, Night Terrors is a little more, you know, it's a little more dark and yeah. scary, you know, yeah. like, uh, that was that was actually a really old song. Like we wrote that together around the time of the first EP, I think. That's why I wanted oh, to make sure. sure we had something that was like 210 beats a minute or something like that. Always, oh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, <laughs> this has to be the fastest one. That is and our I, fastest song. And then we like, yeah, then we wrote that like right, like early on or whatever, you know. Yeah, but that one it's a little a little more visceral, a little more you know straight fear, and so gritty. From, at the time, at the time I wrote it, um, like night terrors for me were more like. Uh, bad dream like you know like uh home invasion nightmares or you know getting chased or something like that right right um, stress yeah like these days i mean that just kind of shifted to more existential you know like uh existential problems or loneliness or mm-hmm. fear of social isolation or rejection you yeah know, just uh whether or not there's any merit to those things like the fear can be real yeah right right um it's and, even though it may not be truth it is reality yeah that's the that's one big thing that just cracked my whole world open was when someone explained like the you know, i don't know if you call it a theory or mindset or what but truth versus reality you mm-hmm. know like this actively sucks right now mm-hmm. i know it's not what's you know the truth of the whole matter but it's, you know, I'm in it right now. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. my feelings are real. Like yes. This is really happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you find writing lyrics to be therapeutic for you? Because I know I do. Oh, yeah. For it's, sometimes it definitely is. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And it's a way to kind of share. Like, I like that it's a way to kind of share my situation, but also make it applicable to everyone else. Like, right, Because yeah. songs are, you know, they're powerful in that what, uh, you know, someone that listens to it that doesn't know us personally could take someone something completely different away from it than, like, what I had in mind. And so, like, that's kind of like... But still find value in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And There's that layer like of interpretation spot, to it. Um, yeah. For writing, like, where I try to get to where, like, this speaks to my situation, but I'm not, like, spelling it out completely. Like, hey, sure. this song is specifically about this, this, and this. Like, there are broader things that everyone else can, like, experience, like, can relate to. Some dude out there listening to the ducks and like that raises ducks for a living. It's like I accept this and then exactly. walks on. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> it You're is welcome really hard there. to get them in a row. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I relate so hard to this. Mm. It's very hard to train ducks. This else. guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the recording process. Um, who'd you guys record it with? Yeah. Overnight. We record with uh, C.J. Cochran out of okay. Tulsa. He's here in Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lots of folks use him. 
Uh, he's rightfully made, so. He's, he's yes. really good. He's got a lot of records out there right now. He's he's fast. He's good. He's efficient. There's great turnaround time, and he cares. So mm-hmm. I li- like literally why why not him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The prices are super super reasonable. You, you can't know, ask for anything more, more out of a producer than the th- what you just listed off. We get ten percent off the next recording for every plug we make. So if we can mention it's three. Hey. More times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Can, we can. Uh, we can just do like two or three different takes yeah, and just I'll just like sprinkle, sprinkle just them in throughout. here and yeah, there. there you go. Yeah, we're going to get you guys a cheap record on your next <laughs> go around. Love it. Um, did you use uh, live drums? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the drums. I'm going to guess were, you didn't play the Ludwig kit on I that didn't. record. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> Part of me wanted to. What, what, what did and then Stephen and Basin were like, huh? no. No, no. What did we end up tracking with? It was my Gretsch kit. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I used a different snare. Um, yeah. I don't know what it was. I Dang wish I did. That's fine. I loved that snare. I borrowed it from my, my buddy Tyler, uh, trimmer in Upland. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He had this really deep, great sounding snare. Uh huh. Uh, I don't know what it was. I think he plays a, a Tama kit. I don't know if the snare matches or I not. Snare, but I know the snare's not... I know he, he plays a Star uh, star Classic. Uh-huh. I think uh, so. I think it was a Tama snare, though. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, I don't know what the snare was. The shells, the other shells were my Gretsch kit. Mm. Uh, the big one. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that black beauty. Oh, no, it's great. Absolutely. Um and so drums we did with uh, Adam Woods at um, Oakwood Studios. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then so that's where drums were done. Then we and the stems were going. exported and taken to CJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. And everybody, y'all two uh, just recorded there with CJ. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you use your own equipment, or do you have just like a wall to choose from? I, no, I always bring my. I, I tracked everything with that that new Bella, uh, Bella I have that's got the Everton Bridge, so we literally didn't have to retune the whole thing the whole session. Oh so I was like, man! Okay. Like it's not so once. Dumb. I was like, so I got more takes out of the deal. That's <laughs> nuts. Those guitars always blow my mind. Yeah, it's dumb. I, I don't think I don't think I can go back like to like just a regular like. A regular I don't think I want system. you to go back. It's so easy. <laughs> it, it impacts our live sets because I literally don't have to break for tuning or break for right. anything. It's literally as right. fast as we can plow. Oh man, away, breaking man. for tuning is so awkward i think i'm gonna memorize like i don't know like 15 or 20 mitch hedberg jokes because i have a mic now because i sing in almost every super normal song now so while austin and chad are tuning i think i could just like make jokes yeah just like tell a bunch of mitch hedberg jokes and the because they're quick you know they're quick fire yeah just one after the other one I'm going to um, make sure to say these are Mitch Hedberg jokes. Yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like, you're really funny. It's like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> not really. Conversationally, sure, but I, don't, I can't sit there and tell jokes. Online, but the jokes are not. Yeah, right? <laughs> Does yeah. every record get easier for you guys and faster? Probably what do you faster. have now? You have like <laughs> three or four EPs out? Three EPs. Three yeah. EPs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And you almost got a whole record. Yeah, right, Almost right, there. Really so <laughs> oh, yeah. And not to, just one little quick like blurb about like there's a Kemper profiler. Honestly, it feels like the real thing. So I don't really care anymore at this point. It's you an know? amp sim you're talking about? What's that? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's an amp sim. I mean, it's a rack mounted unit or whatever. Oh, cool. And like usually you can kind of get that like 
I'm super sensitive to like pick attacks and like, and like the way it feels and things like that. And like, I couldn't tell a difference one way or another. So I was like, okay, whatever. So at that point I was like, okay, he mentioned tracking with us like, eh, but then we track with us like, oh, okay. (laughs) I literally don't care. Yeah. It's It's quality. The the Kemper is kind of dumb in in the best way. Yeah. I think we still may have used the orange orange profile. So yeah. Yeah, So I just got to get there. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So it's always it always gets easier, always gets faster, and then you're with a good producer who gives a shit. So mm-hmm. that just kind of expedites things even more. Oh yeah. So was this like was overnight probably like the least stressful where you could just like sit back and just be happy with your product? You don't have to like no infighting, no like uh, uh, sending back and forth like a hundred mixes, getting everything perfect, or right, or was uh, it pretty just quick and simple? Yeah, a lot of times we'll like we'll do pre-production before we go, so like we basically already it's already done. Yeah, uh, ourselves. Yeah, there's yeah. Like a whole lot of stuff to be determined in the studio, except for like additional flares and like I guess mm-hmm. harmonies, like yeah. vocal harmonies. But. Yeah, like during during the writing process, like like when we so we you know commit everything to tape in the DAW, like we go through and we record the whole album before we go to the studio to record the whole album, like so. I mean, I've got I still have the stems for all our demos. Like yeah. if we really needed to, we could. Just do it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously we don't record real drums and all that, but right, I, make, right. I make Steven do all this craziness. It's all mapped out for the most part. Mm-hmm. So by the time we're with CJ, it's kind of just we know. It's what the we're first doing. time in your life your craziness has been mapped out for you. I know, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's I'm thankful to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there was a moment. It was I think it was maybe night terrors. There was just kind of like a blink for a minute. It's like Stephen does something there. Yeah, that was like that was, yeah. the, that was all my guitar parts besides Stephen, like Stephen, 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 and then it goes in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like all my guitar parts are usually mapped out, except for things that I think of like literally on the fly while I'm there or whatever. Which definitely happens. Like uh, definitely, we've definitely spent like an hour or more of just trying to write a solo in the yeah, moment. Yeah, so <laughs> Like, yeah, 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 let's solos check that yeah. Like, and I left, um, I did like a kind of like for ducks in particular, I, I left a spot there. Like I kind of did like, I did kind of a filler solo. I knew it was going to be like kind of bluesy country, pentatonic sort of like based or whatever. Yeah. But I knew that wasn't going to be the final thing. So I just kind of left that there. And then like for night terrors, I kind of did the same thing there. So like I say, the only two chunks of the EP that weren't done were like, were specifically like sections I left out for like kind of more off the cuff feeling solos or whatever. But like, but as far as all the guitar parts, usually all pretty mapped out, you know, and that, that streams like that streamlines the process. That means that like, as long as my timing's good and I'm in tune, that means we can take large chunks of the section out, like at a time. Right. And yeah. don't have to worry about it. So. Are you pretty meticulous, Blake, about um, writing your parts? Or do you freestyle in the studio till you find something out? Uh, no. Evie I'm, I'm really not. wants to know. <laughs> yeah. Dog's barking at the door. Um, no, nah, most of my stuff's pretty mapped out, too. Um, I've gotten into a bad habit of, like, midding out the drums on my computer and then having to learn what I middied kind of thing. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> uh, it's he, gotten he me in trouble a few times. It has got you in trouble a it few has. times. Uh, yeah, there have definitely been, like... I'm not keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely was a few times where I was, like, I, I can do this, Phil. Just give me a few more times. Uh, but uh, so no, most for the most part, I kind of think of it in my head, kind of realize it in the computer, and then go for it. Which is, I know, a weird, a weird way to go about it. 
Um, the end yeah. result is great. So yeah, I mean, well, thanks. <laughs> writing checks over is nothing. Is nothing I know anything about. The guy who wants to double track every lead or whatever, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. All right, Stephen, do it again. Let me figure out what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, exactly. It's like there's, there's been so many times like with CJ. It's like I don't. Can you do that again? It's like I don't. Hit play. And it's like it's usually, the, <laughs> it's usually the times when the lead is confident that it like usually ma- oh that it, it, works it happened out. it happened. I think I think my favorite thing is like the last couple of times like they were so like on top of each other that they went out of phase like on a couple of the notes. I was like oh okay cool okay, well, good. I'm, I'm about that. that <laughs> Literally <laughs> like this random improv line like mm-hmm. I duplicated to a point to where like it went out of phase. It's like oh I'll take it. Steven, Steven's humble, humble brag. Yeah yeah yeah. It's like, it's like it's, well it's just it's more like. There's chunks of what I do that don't make sense to me. Like, you know, right. it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a weird thing. This makes sense <laughs> to anybody. But your body knows. So. Yeah, but my body knows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Is muscle memory a big uh, a big part of everything for you? For sure. So I remember that was like uh, one of the things that kept coming up in Austin Cobb over and over. It was just like, you know, we would be either, I don't know, half drunk or all the way drunk and mm-hmm. just nailing everything. And uh, I just turned to Matt and I'd be like, how are you doing that, man? Like trashed at this moment and you're just nailing everything. He's like, it's all muscle memory at this point, man. Oh yeah. I'd say there's a big, there's (laughs) there's literally no way I could do like, uh, what I do as far as like stage stuff or stage antics or whatever. If like, if I did, if my body didn't already like have it like ingrained to what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. if I had to think about like literally any of it, like mm, 80% of it wouldn't go down. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, It's mind blowing. Like kind of what our bodies are capable of doing without us like consciously, Thinking yeah. through every step of the process. Right. <laughs> Whether that's music or anything else. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Where's yeah. where's your head at during shows, Basin? You're a hard one to read, brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot going on between, you know, playing playing the bass lines and singing. So, like, a lot of times I'm, I feel like the most of my... There are not a lot of f- uh, f- front singing bass players out there. Oh, yeah, I, I guess that's true. Um uh, but yeah, like that's most of my headspace, I guess, is devoted to uh, to nailing the vocal delivery. Yeah. Um. You know, I've got I've got the luxury of being right up up front, unlike Blake, so I get to kind of watch the crowd and see what everyone's doing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon for people to make me laugh if they're doing something ridiculous <laughs> or something like that. You know, I get to have fun. I get to run over to where Steven's at and and mess with him. Um. So. So yeah, I'd say vocal delivery first. Second is like stage presence and running around and, yeah. and just trying to, trying to experience the set physically. Well, um, I can say I've probably seen you guys five or six times over the years. I've never heard you mess up any vocals. <laughs> so perfect. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. yeah. So your headspace is well devoted, man. Well, thank you. Uh, are you guys just are you always writing new stuff or what are we doing right um, now? When you're are you rehearsing? Kinda, it's kind of seasons. Um, so. We we took a season to write overnight, and then we we played, and we we you know we did other things. We did film, music videos, and all this other stuff. Things keep happening, and <laughs> things keep happening. So like we're we're preparing to go back into writing, and we've we've started writing our next song. Uh huh. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Is that what it's called? No. Yes. Oh, no, okay. No, not yet. I was like, trendy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right, trendy. Right. <laughs> so. I don't think Mason's ever going to be that guy. <laughs> Everything's going to be like super thoughtful, introverted, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, okay. Well, you know, the minds of Bayside fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where oh, we yeah, are. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. It, it's like, like you said, it's definitely like in seasons. We like, 
have to change our headspace to mm-hmm. and like like you were saying there's always something happening so it's kind of hard to get back in yeah, that it's group. been particularly hard for me this last time to kind of thing like to kind of get back into it like i don't know about you guys but like mm-hmm. us just working on the new song i was like I can't just be all go right now, which is like literally how we approach yeah. our live shows, how I approach, how we approach like, you know, yeah. everything else right now yeah. is like get things done. But is like that, now you got to switch over to like, think about things. Creative mode. Is yeah, that, for sure. is that slow down? Is it, I mean, all of your music has been really consistent up to this point as far as tone goes. Like I never hear the same thing twice, but it's all very, very consistent. And has the, for one, two part question here. Has this season coming into this writing session that you're doing now, um, has that felt different? Has it been slowed down, more chaotic in your personal life? And two, is that bleeding into the tone of the music? Hmm. Do you think it's sounding? Or is, I don't want to use the word evolving, but like, um, is your tone, is your your style changing? Or I, I mean, I think I think every artist and band, I think change over time, mm-hmm. and I think the things that we're experiencing in our personal lives definitely like have an impact on that. They're lending know. themselves to the to the tone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, into lyrics, into everything. Like, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, the next uh, the next EP or whatever that we put out will sound different, but yeah. it will still sound like us. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, oh. I can't wait for anyone uh, in the clock. I don't starts. got much. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah no. Kind of, kind of. We were saying like we're we're still really early on, so it's kind of hard to say for yeah. sure. Um, I know that at least in in my personal life, uh, I've been very busy lately, so it's been hard for me to get into that Same. mindset. Um, <laughs> but with recent changes in my personal life, I think that it will be easier for me to focus. Good. On writing a little oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a new job. His job. I did. Right. You're on uh, uh, lazy vacation week right now, yeah, right? This, this is my this is my transitional period into the new job. You've been gaming. But um, I have it. Yeah. I I wanted to, but I, I really couldn't find a game I wanted to play. To yeah. Be honest. Did you already do all the DLCs for Spider Man? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like working minute, my way through them right out. now. I'm on I'm on the third <laughs> DLC. Mm-hmm. I just started it. it. They got way harder than the original story, man. Oh, right. for that sure. They're Absolutely. like, no, they're like, we're did. gonna make sure y'all get your money's worth out of this game. I like, think they expect shit. you to like go right into it, and that's why the difficulty is kind of up there. Yeah. But yeah. like, I had like a few weeks off before Same. I went back to them, so I was like, how yeah. how how Spider Man again? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it yeah. Was, it's but, rough. Like on one yeah. hand, I was really excited that all of a sudden like there was a difficulty spike, but then also I was like. Gosh, like I'm having to work at this. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is effort now. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll play 2K until I get tired of 2K, and then I switch to Spider Man, and Spider Man kicks my ass. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go back to basketball. Go back to 2K. <laughs> yeah. And I even feel I even feel kind of lazy when it comes to games. But yeah, like when there's like a lot of effort in the game, I'm like, is this worth it right now? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I played through all Spider Man. I played through all of Red Dead. Um, and there really isn't right now a game that's hampering for my attention yeah right unfortunately right. yeah mm, unfortunately. Um, i know i like no it's 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 like i want to play a game but i can never find mm. the game i want to play mm. hey you know what? i just remembered um i have your birthday present right here oh game? Game? Uh, who knows let's do <laughs> could it be anything could be anything oh man now I'm okay pressure that my response is gonna be oh daniel could you he wants to hang out with me Wow. He got me Overwatch so I can play with him. Hey. So you have to play with him. Oh, I, 
That's correct. Good language. That's right. I, I've never played Overwatch, so I'm really excited. Oh, okay. Thank yeah, I always you, see I always see Basin post about Overwatch. Now He's always playing it. Now Another I can buddy. Them. That's right. Aww. Good. I get to play with your bandmate Chadwick I'm every excited. once in a while. Oh yeah. Because he plays. So, yeah. Yeah. I got to yeah. play him a couple times. They do yeah. that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Austin's real big on um, Destiny. Is that oh, is yeah, that a game? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. used to play that. <laughs> Sound like me, man. So, so not only is it Overwatch, but it's the Legendary Edition, which has 15 hero skins and a free carbon fiber Ginyu? Genji. Genji. Whatever hmm. it words. I didn't hear it. Uh, little, little, little Genji figure. Oh, okay. Heck yeah. I don't know right who that on. is, but I'm stoked to find out. <laughs> Here's Moonlight by When the Clock Strikes from their EP titled Overnight. Stick around afterward for more from our chat. But my soul is getting tired As another hour passes in a never-ending night Yeah, everything was fine Beneath a pink and orange sky But my heart sank with the sun And all I'm left with is I shiver and decide And the only comfort that remains Is knowing no matter what I could have done The scene would still play out the same way But a familiar figure pushes past the melancholy clouds As I look on from below, it's like he wants for me to know That all the sorrow that he's faced could never dim his glow Cause he reflects the hope he has that he has seen from far away So the rest of us can know that we will see another day
of the group. Yeah, for I sure. So. Has everyone seen Captain Marvel? I have not. not. I'm going tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. Oh, man. No, I haven't seen it yet. God damn I'm going, it. I'm going this weekend. This is a for sure. You thing. were supposed to go last weekend. I know. Yeah. I just laid in around all day. Like, I think <laughs> is what happened. It's like, yeah, I'll go do this. Yeah, we'll just... Yeah, you know what? It's like noon, and I'm not feeling it. Let's go. Let's hang out for Javen's podcast, and then like, and then that didn't happen. It's like I will continue to hang out at the because it was literally like, I guess we can go see it now. And it's like, ah, nah. Yeah, like, oh yeah, because we, we talked about going to see it. You know, whenever we found out we weren't going to be able to record last weekend, but like, stuck. Yeah, it was going to be like two hours till the next showing because they only do like seven, and then like. 10 in yeah, Muskogee like, or something oh, okay. like it was stupid. Uh, so, well, what, how, what have you been watching, Steven? Man, okay, so I am really bad at this end, but like there's usually like a steady strip of some sort of anime that I don't understand that I've been like throwing in cold open and into my house from, from my wife, Sharon. <laughs> so I have to kind of latch onto those like wherever I can, themes or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I did a uh, did watch a couple episodes of FLCL finally, so that's oh, fun. Nice. So that's super fun. But um, what I watched last night was like the first like four or five episodes of the the kind of the animated series like um, what is it like Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix, we've been meaning to start that. So good. Is it good? They're all good. Like everything uh, I've watched is like super fantastic. Heard like it's all animated. It's thematic. Like. Love. It's anthology, yeah, yeah. so it's okay. like every episode's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool! So hard. Love, Death, and Robots is the name of Dude, it. Dude, anthologies are huge yes. right now. I love, I love horror anthologies. I love all, like all any. If it's an anthology of any capacity, I'm like usually roped in because, because thematically you're able, you're able to do your theming like right off the bat. You have to figure it out from internal, and then like it's such a short amount of time, you have less of an opportunity to to like. To destroy the perception of the audience, and yeah. like, so it always kind of like fits and feels a little bit better. Right, so right. Like, you know, give me twenty minutes of something that's like super concise and well put together, and uh-huh. let me and let me internalize and mentally do the world building myself. And I'm yeah, so, uh, I never so thought about it that way. So, yeah, I, I love. I that's love good. Short films. Do any of you guys much. have HBO? As of yesterday, no? <laughs> we started yeah. it, and it's. Let me tell you guys, if if you're like a series person or like. Uh, like recent movies, like HBO is totally worth the money, man. Okay. Um, Everything's on there. Yeah, we, we literally just yesterday got it um, because one Game of Thrones is like next month, I think. That's so why we got it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And um, I forget what it was. I think it was. I don't. I don't remember what show it was, but um, we got it to watch a particular show. And today I started watching the um, the Michael Jackson documentary. Ooh. 
Um, we haven't got into that yet. We need to, though. It's heavy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm only halfway through it. It's like in a few parts, so right. I haven't finished it, but that's what I've been watching. Um, but weirdly enough, like I haven't been watching a lot of TV series. Most of mm-hmm. like the content that I have been consuming is like weirdly, like not weirdly enough because I do it all the time, but, uh, <laughs> is like games media, <laughs> like video game media. Like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know. People talking about what's going on in the video game industry. Podcasts. Right on. I like podcasts a lot. I um, recently restarted, I was telling you guys today, I restarted Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I listened to the thousandth episode, and they were talking about all the old stuff. Oh. I was like, man, I wonder, they are talking, yeah, right, so I went all the way back, uh, well, the first one I listened to was, uh, the first old one I listened to was with him and Chris D'Elia, I don't know if you guys know that comic. Sorry. He's just total fucking goofball guy, but I wanted to see how, how their dynamics played out together, because they're like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Uh, anyway, tangent about Mark Maron. Sorry. No, you're good. That's fine. Uh, anthologies is what I was. There's an anthology show. There's an anthology show on HBO that Becca started watching that I really like now. It's called High Maintenance. Okay. So the only like recurring character is this drug dealer, <laughs> and basically they every story, uh, every episode is a different story, and uh, the drug dealer is selling weed products to somebody in that story. <laughs> so like it just fall like they set up just the craziest random stories that you that you, like I would never think of. Perfect. And just like uh like ra- stuff that wasn't even necessary. Like the one that we watched today was the guy was a nudist. <laughs> and he like he one of the 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 clients was a nudist and he had like this crazy um old lady roommate that had just moved in. She's like old school New York and was telling him all those stories. But I was just thinking I was like just about the writing process I was like why is it? Why is he a nudist? Like it doesn't. Like the only the only thing that plays into the nudist part is that like he has to make sure the roommate's okay with it. What were you gonna say? Sorry. I found out about that series. Oh really? <laughs> Full circle. So you were talking about the thousands episode. I listened to a Leonard Malton podcast, old uh, film critic or whatever. And, oh, I know uh, him. him yeah. Like him and uh, him and his daughter uh, run one, which I don't remember the daughter's name, but Leonard Malton's been established, so I don't feel super crazy. He had like his own channel on Directv, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like so it's called Malton in the movies. But anyway, they had yeah. Mark Maron on. And he was plugging his thousandth episode on their podcast. Oh, really? About it. So there's a little bit of a mild connection there. But yeah, um, I just recently got into their podcast, and like it's it's fun. I love I love uh, I love movies, man. I love movies so much, and like to have. Uh, to have them like it's a you know it's a father daughter team and then have like have like all these like experiences and bonding or whatever moments over these films or in their yeah. the guests and things is really cool. I also found recently A twenty four not to steer it away from movies because I want to go back to movies but like A twenty four did one uh, like has done a podcast. There's only like eight or nine really? episodes or whatever. Dude, I love A twenty four. However, they do it as A twenty four does is ha- they have this weird cool control of the pulse of something that I can't put my finger on. Um, there's no host. They literally put two adjacent actors or two adjacent people in the film industry together and they have them just have a conversation. Recently, they had like Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. Nothing leading the way. They just let Whoa. them talk for a while. And it's super cool. You and should like, uh, link me to that. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Send it to the uh, When the Pod Strikes chat. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I want in on and, that uh, too. Greta. What's her last Gerwig? name? Gerwig? Greta Gerwig that recently did like Lady Bird was. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a conversation with the, uh, the guy that did Moonlight. And they just oh, sat and damn. talked, and like 
just sat and talked for an hour. And each of those episodes is super cool in that, like, it's hella unstructured. Mm-hmm. And they get to do whatever. They get to talk about whatever they want. So Jonah and Michael just kind of cut drugs the whole time, but it was still fun. <laughs> good. Uh, that, um, that's a good pairing conversationally. It's, it's more structured than that, but a podcast I've been listening to kind of on and off is uh, Rob Paulson's uh, podcast. He's mm-hmm. like a voice actor. He's done like any car. He was Carl Weezer. He was uh, Raphael on the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you made me listen to that with you. Did I? Like okay. Way, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> somewhere. You made me listen. I make them listen to things. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you made me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a similar setup, one. though, Javen. Um, it, he brings in a voice actor or actress and they just talk about whatever for an hour. And then it ends with um, them reading scripts from another show in their character voices. Oh, so man. Uh, there was there was one episode. Send that one to the chat thread. Sure, too. sure. Uh, there was there was one where uh, I forget his name, but the voice actor for Mr. Krabs. Um, oh yes, and Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they did um, they did a, um, a scene from The Office, and he was like Dwight or something. I don't know. It's just really dumb. Yes, and it's, it's pretty great. That sounds amazing. You've been diving into anything, Basin? Hmm. Uh, so I don't watch a whole lot of movies, and like uh-huh. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of an anomaly in that regard. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Like I guess as far as TV goes, like I've been watching a little bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine with my oh, family. I love on the that weekends, show, I love and it is Brooklyn so good. Nine-Nine. Like it is hilarious. So good. Um, move like aside from that, like I'm, I'm waiting for Dragon Ball Super to come back. <laughs> like there were rumors are growing we around are. this week that it was going to come back in July, but Toei is it a series? Oh I don't, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Anything. Dragon yeah. Ball Super is like the latest, the latest iteration of Dragon Ball. So like, okay. there's Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. like 2015, somewhere around there. Like they started this new series, which is just a continuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, you forgot about Dragon Ball GT, um, the most famous, the that best one, one is like canonically like retconned. I know. So. I'm trying to be funny. Oh wow, <laughs> so bad they just scrapped it, huh? Pretty much. They said, well, we're going a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't created by like the the manga creator. Like uh-huh. it was created for TV. Specifically, uh, okay. And so, whenever when uh, when Super came out, they were just like, "GT's not a thing anymore, guys. Just, <laughs> just forget about it." Yeah, <laughs> Creative Control went back to the original like creator. Good. So thank goodness. Yeah. So they just yeah. you know they just released the Broly movie in theaters earlier this year. It was a big hit. I Did you watch it. it? Yes, I loved it. Good. Um, and then yeah, now we're just waiting for the TV show to come back. Hey. Just twiddling your thumbs, reading books or something. (laughs) Uh, I play a lot of video games, honestly. Like, most of my screen time in front of my TV is video game time. So, like, what are you gaming uh, uh, other than Overwatch? Overwatch. Lately, I've been on uh, this series called Dongan Rampa. And so, it's like a survival horror, like, visual novel sort of thing. So, like, Mm-hmm. It's an interactive story you're playing through. Um, there's three games in the series. I'm, I'm working through the third one now. But like each time there are 16 high school students that are trapped um, in a school or a similar space. And like they're mm-hmm. forced to play this killing game where they have to kill each other. Oh, damn. And, Dark. Uh, I love after, it. After a murder occurs, um, all the survivors have to have a class trial to determine who the murderer was. And so if they, if they correctly deduce... Who the killer was, um, that person gets executed, um, and everyone oh, else wow. lives. But yeah. if they were to pick the wrong person, um, the killer would would get to leave, go away scot free, and everyone else would die. Damn. So you know they go through these series of trials, and you know the numbers are dropping, you know like two by two, because you know if they 
if they succeed, then the killer kills someone, but then the killer dies too. So like your numbers are slowly dropping as they get closer to like the plot twists and the reveals of who the masterminds are and all these things. So like it's really nice. exciting. Big story game. Then. Yeah. 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 I'm a simpleton. I play basketball. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm super old school. Like anything that's a uh, 2D side scroller or anything like you know old yeah. school. Like did you play or Cuphead? Or I haven't yet because I don't have the platform. But it's coming. It's to Switch, coming so to I'm, Switch. So I'm, okay. I'm so stoked. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So yeah. on the topic of games, um, this just came out yesterday, day before, and I want to pick your brains about it. Um, Google just announced they're getting in the video game market. Yes. So, have you guys seen this or heard uh, of it? I saw the, con- I saw the I controller okay. and a headline. So, essentially what it is, is it's not a box. It's a, it's, we're assuming it's a service. They haven't really gone over like how you access it, but it's 100% streamed. The idea is you can open your Chrome browser and play Assassin's Creed, whatever. Wow. Um, oh, like, the, like a Netflix sort of thing for games. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, like we don't know if you have to buy them piecemeal or if it's like a service, but the thing is... Um, they're advertising that you can play on any screen. You can play high-fidelity games on your phone, your tablet. You can cast it to your TV via Chromecast. But it's, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, for real. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a box. It is a thing that you access. And so everyone is. That's nuts, yeah. man. That's a hell of a gnarly pitch. Do you work for them? I do not. <laughs> so that's, I, very, that's very forward thinking. I mean, because internet speeds like in rural places are still a problem. That's, like, that's the like, biggest uh, That's the know. biggest like knock against the people are saying. Again, it's not out. We don't know. But um, right. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you, Daniel, do you want to play all your games being streamed to you and not local on your box? I mean, I have no strong desire to change that particular facet of how, how it works. So... No, I'm not. No. I'm not saying like I'm closed off to that idea, but um, maybe if like well, by the time it came out, I didn't have a system, you know, and right. it was cheaper than going out and buying something. Because I'm not a very hardcore gamer anyway. But like since I already have a PS4, mm-hmm. and I'm probably already gonna have a PS5 by the time Google gets their thing going. Right. It's not like I'm gonna sell my PS5 and start playing on my yeah. streaming. For sure. Thing. But think about it, Daniel. On your lunch break, you could pull out your phone and play Overwatch. Like you would at home on your PlayStation. And one like that. Do we really want that to happen? Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying that's that's what their their vision is. Like, are you gonna play on your on your phone? Like, that just sounds like the control scheme would be difficult. Like, there are some games that are just much easier to play with like a physical controller with a bunch of different. Well, you can still use your controller. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just bring my controller with me to work. If you want to, that's the thing. You can. You can. I think it's a little too ambitious for what, like, for what we already have these 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 facets, these things already like put in place or whatever. It's already the wheels. We already have a wheel. Why would you want to redo the wheel? Reinvent the wheel. For sure. I feel like I feel like that. In regards to that, there's there's a whole lot of things that have to punch through and get like a whole lot of. Objections that they'd have to like. Not to mention, who's asking for that? Yeah. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, the closest we have to mobile gaming, we already have the Switch. Right. Like it, so, we'll that, so, so if you're taking, so if you're trying to take over the casual market, you're never going to take over Nintendo's. Like, like for sure. share on that. Yeah. Yeah. How hard you try. We just got a Switch for Christmas, and it is so cool, man. It's fun. It's so fun. It's literally nothing but fun. Like, it's the least stressful of all the consoles. Well, I like. I have a Switch. <laughs> 
Oh, you think? No. Oh. Good. Ooh, that game is yeah. Have you even played Tetris 99? I love it. Go back to the handheld. My favorite favorite part about the Switch is that I can take control of the big TV and play my video games, and she's behind me on the couch playing her video games. So there's no TV time guilt anymore. For sure. So that's nice. We don't have to split off in different rooms or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Have modern technology together. Yeah. 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 Nerd sappy. Like show Splatoon going on on the couch with her headphones in or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, randomly cursing. Speaking of like movies and spare time and things like that, like I love horror movies. I watch one probably about every like forty-eight hours at least or whatever. Nice. And like Shutter is a streaming horror service that like that is kind of curated, so it's like it's all mostly good stuff. And so like I don't know, it's really. Fun. Wow. Are you a sponsor for I am. Shutter? I'd like. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I actually have it, so yeah. <laughs> I sure would be. What draws you to horror movies? Why do you like them so much? Man, I couldn't tell you like exactly why or whatever, but I've I've loved them for a really long time. I think. Um, what was the first horror movie you watched, and how old were you? Man, it would have to have been probably. Um, so the first one that I remember being like trauma or traumatic or whatever was like you know somewhere between four and six and watching Child's Play with Chucky or whatever you know, uh, uh, you know living dolls and yada yada and whatever right and then uh, my uh, my extended family and cousins like got privy to the fact and like used to torture me with that a little bit like <laughs> but I grew out of that I think the first like real um, sort of positive horror movie experience and this like this is kind of like more of a familiar sort of thing but like um, I'd watched Fright Night, which is an old 80s, like, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but like old 80s, like, vampire flick that's, uh, that's steeped in satire. Didn't they reboot it with uh, Colin Farrell? And, okay. uh, Anton uh, Yalkin. Yeah, and rest in peace. And David Tennant. Gone too soon. Um, but yeah, they, uh, but watching that with my mom, staying up a little bit later than I was supposed to or whatever, you know, yeah. having her frantically, like, fast forward, like, the sex scenes and things like that, you know, as a kid or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, just, that, just to have, like, this bonding of, like, the sharing, you know, like, uh, dissecting of materials that I wasn't really supposed to have necessarily, but, yeah. like, just still being super into it, and, you know, and it's a funny movie, so there was, like, a lot of laughing, but there's a lot of, like, inherent horror as well or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, I think a lot of why I like horror is, you know, it, there's a lot of psychological elements, obviously. Um, you know, I've, uh, it's a way to kind of like deal with trauma in a sort of controlled environment where like, yeah. you know, the outcome, you know, these and that, and the, this and that and the other is about to happen. But also it's, there's a lot of weighty themes and a lot of provocation in horror movies that, yeah. I, that I feel like kind of don't get to, um, you know, that don't, don't necessarily get to do with like with like your mainstream stuff. Um, yeah, right, But then right. also like, there's, you know, there's a little bit more selfish, like it's visceral. It's a, uh, it's a little bit more like dopamine inducing and things like yeah. that. Yeah, kind of a little like, you know, I feel something's that. a little troubling or whatever. <laughs> so, like, so, so it's, it's a, it's definitely like a internal manipulation of like body chemistry as well as like some sort of like uh, mental and psychological provocation. Right. In head, which is I've been, I've been know. trying to make myself watch scarier and scarier stuff because I've never been into horror movies, mm. but like, I actually like vie for them now I'm like let's, let's go ahead and watch a, let's watch this most fucked up thing we can find or whatever you know just to like try to get in there I'm still not I'm still not coming around to like uh, very much like demonic stuff and everything gotcha that still gets to me a little bit too much probably uh-huh. just because of how I was raised or whatever man I have, yeah, to, so I have to be in a mood 
Uh, <laughs> I'm breaking into it slowly. What's that one that we watched um, where there was the girl on the bed and she like, I don't know. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're starting from the beginning, like The Exorcist? No. I still like, haven't seen The Exorcist, no, by really, the way. Really, yeah, I can't bring really, myself to watch so that one it's yet. It's really good. I don't think it's as scary as like people make it out to be. Because we've been conditioned over time because it was the first one to do it, so it was like super provocative and super horrifying at front. But... As we continue on, themings and different like, and it takes different notes of that like over yeah. time. It's 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 pretty much introduced into our lexicon of every horror movie we've, we've seen. Now yeah, right, right. It was uh, he was uh, an exorcist, but he was also like a scientist or something, and he got in over his head. You know what I'm talking about, Stephen? I may know. And some spooky stuff happen. You know that one. The exorcist, but he's also a scientist. Wait, you'll have to help me out a little bit with that. Um. That was like the whole angle of the movie was he was trying to prove that like there's a science to, to it. exercising demons. Okay. Was Eric Bana involved in that one? Or I don't think that so. No, no, no. Like I don't think this was it. That sounds kind of like the one we watched at uh, at Mike and Kayla's back in Tahlequah. Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, Hereditary. Um, uh, there was one that we watched before that we that was one? like. It wasn't as good. I wasn't there for that one, oh, and it was comedic. Okay. I remember you guys yes. like just making fun of it. Yeah, the whole but time. it was a guy that did exorcisms by like weird sci-fi things. Yeah, so that that's might have been the it. one that we watched. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many exorcism movies. And I so, know. And, and, and literally, like that's that's a major theme of like most most exorcist and most exorcism movies is like the sort of doubting Thomas sort of trope or whatever. Yeah, right, like, right. I'm not into it. I don't believe in it. Suddenly, I'm in over my head. Like I, I, a lot of people kind of dog on it, but like well, this is one of my favorites. Uh, like because it a I love movies where at the very end the wheels come off, where it's like played straight the entire time, and then suddenly, oh wait, it really is supernatural. Oh wait, it really is just craziness or whatever. Right. The Last Exorcist or whatever, it kind of has that like that crazy third act. If no one's ever seen it, I'm sorry. But uh, but yeah, like I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, I'm faced with something. I have to make a choice to believe uh, and find at the same time. Right. I like I like movies. And it may have to do with like you know I like movies with that sort of certainty to it. As well. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't I don't super care for am- ambiguity or whatever. And so like when when confronted with like because nothing in life is certain, when confronted with like a real certain like a certain evil that you can kind of combat against, it's like oh okay I'm into this film now. Right. Like, <laughs> has everybody in I know here the answer. seen Mandy? Huh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Stephen made me watch Nick it. Nick Cage movie. Okay so. You can talk all the shit you want on Nick Cage, but like that scene where he's like in the bathroom. In the bathroom, yes. Oh my god! Like I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody act their ass off like I saw him in that scene. Like I had to remind myself, like, oh, he's an actor. He had to, he had to manifest that in one take. So like I love. Okay, so the director of that movie also directed another movie I love that people didn't really super care for, but it was a. Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's also set in 1983. It's also supposedly kind of set in the Pacific Northwest or whatever, but it's got that same sort of weird, long-winded, long-drawn-out sort of like aesthetic where like yeah. in, in the same colors and just like super synth-heavy like sort of thing. It's definitely more of a um, a sci-fi sort of feel. Yeah, or whatever. rather than but, a but, there's, but but there's such there's such. There's such a continuity to the two films. Like you should watch that one too. I love I it in a lot of ways. It. Um, it's usually on Shutter, or yeah, I think that's the only place that really kind of streams it off and on. But now that Mandy's popular, they're probably like locking that down. Right? Yeah. You know, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. 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 What is that? What is that line where he's like, "Fucking 
evil. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, I love that yes, line, yeah, man. Where he's with the, so the actor's name is like Bill Duke, who's in Predator and this and that and the other. But yeah, uh, where he's going after the, um, I don't know, the Cenobikers. That's yeah. kind of called or whatever. Like, um, but yeah, I love that movie so Wild. much. Wild. I'm, I'm going to plan on buying it because I want to watch it again. And um, I think we rented it. I've been meaning to watch, um, what's that, the, the ballet movie? It got remade. Suspiria? Suspiria. Oh, dude. Have you seen it? Ooh, yeah. Don't spoil it for me. Is it it's, good, though? I liked it. Okay. I, I thought it was super intense. It's, it's like, I think the problem, everybody's like, eh, it's not the same. It's like, it's I tried not, to watch the 70s one, but the voiceover was way too it's bad. It's not supposed to be A. B, I'm going to tip the sacred cow over right now. I don't like the original Suspiria as much as everybody else likes it. It's too slow. There's literally like two or three kick in the pants. It's pretty to look at, but like thematically and I tried to watch it. It's it, just you get lost. There's something that you yeah. get lost in. And, and the voiceover is like a half a second The dubbing behind. or whatever. Yeah, the uh, ADR or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's it's a hard watch um, and everybody kind of holds it on this pedestal because of the uh, because of the coloration, because of all that or whatever. <laughs> and... Man, it's just I preferred the new one because the new one had a lot more, it had a lot more guts to it. The yeah. actor, the acting was like a lot more. There's a lot, there's a lot of cool things going on. Um, do you want to start a movie podcast together? Probably. <laughs> I think we should do it. it. I think we should do it. I talk about movies all day. I don't know if anybody <laughs> want to listen to it, but like. What time yeah. is it? Oh man. Okay, right. I want to try uh, a new question that I haven't got to ask anyone on the okay. podcast yet. Gotcha. Ooh. Okay. All right. So, I, who do, who should we start with? Who do we want to start with? Let's start with Basin because he hasn't talked much this whole time. All right, all right. What is your earliest memory? Earliest memory? Okay, so oh, I think I seem to remember back in... Back in my mom's house, because my, my parents, like, ever since I was born, they lived in the same house in Muskogee growing up. I seem to remember, like, a little play toy that he had next to the next to the couch in the living room and, like, interacting with that play toy. Um, you know, it was multicolored, you know, just like a little, you know, like, stair slide, that sort of thing. Yeah. How old do you think um, you were? Man, I was probably about like somewhere, like, Three or four, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I just haze. I don't know why I remember that specific thing. I don't remember a lot. Isn't from that it crazy time. how we just grab on to like the most random yeah. stuff? What about you, Blake? What's your earliest memory? Oh man, I don't know. I think it's definitely my most pronounced. It might not be my earliest, but um, I think it is. But I don't know. I was probably around three, and it's it's a lot more not fun. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was at like a river or something, uh-huh. and I remember seeing my mom and then just like dunking. <gasps> um, oh. <laughs> and, Jamie, this yeah, yeah. No, this no, is this is what we're here for. And, um, Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I'm I'm really not. And so I just remember like not being able to swim. With my new family. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember like having like flashes of her like running towards me, and then um, and I took a nap. And that was it. Wow. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember specifically it was with, um, uh, it was like my parents and Josh O'Dell's parents, like they were really close back then. So yeah, I almost drowned when I was like three. Damn. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. What was your first memory, Steven? Man, I'm trying to think. I think the one that I wrestled with most like frequently and like it had like a slightly bittersweet sort of thing. So uh-huh. I, remember, uh, I remember like maybe around somewhere between two and four, 
like a blue motorized sort of airplane, like one of those numbers where like it was it was controlled like not by it was controlled by remote control, but there was a wire kind of attached to it or whatever, and like you could uh, you could control it that way. And I remember that vividly. Um, and I because of that, but the surrounding tissue around that is it was one of the. Um, one of the few times I, I specifically remember as a, a super little kid, like hanging out w- with my biological dad. Uh huh. Um, you know, I was I was never formally, but like I was taken care of by my aunt and right. who I called mom, yada yada, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. All that stuff, but like, but I just remember uh, the context of it is weird, but I remember the airplane the most and just being like, it's, you know. And the other the other side of it is, it's like I never that wasn't mine. I never took that home or anything. Oh like that. man! So like, huh. so literally, I just have. So it's so fleeting because I only have just that one experience. And then, like, years later, it kind of cemented it in when I saw, like, and, you know, as far as, like, an unreliable, like, narrative, like, in your own brain or whatever. When uh-huh. you see pictures of it later, then you start filling in the gaps. But the only thing I think I truly, truly remember is just the airplane in the sky. Mm. Dang. So. My earliest memory, I remember being on a toy four-wheeler, but... As I'm piecing it together, like you were just talking about, I think the motor was broken because I remember a rope being on the front of it, and my sister, who's four years older than me, was dragging me around on it. And we lived out in the country, and uh, I just remember having a really good time, and then I remember my sister just getting bored with it, dropping the rope, and walking into the house, (laughs) (laughs) and leaving me on the four-wheeler. So that all alone. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't know, I must have been like 3 years old or something. Uh but yeah, earliest memories. What do you guys think about that one? Should I keep asking that question? Yeah, I like that's it. Fun. I think that's nice. Yeah. I'm traumatized now. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just we'll hold each other and sob. Basil was the only one that was like the end of the high note. <laughs> <laughs> And he's probably Mine the saddest great. one out of all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. You just write the best lyrics. That's oh. typically the saddest people, oh, thanks. unfortunately. Um, let's <laughs> wrap this bitch up. What do you guys have going on so, coming up in the near future? So, oh, man. We Stag. have. Yeah, our next Tulsa show will be Stag, which is a part of the Prom Corps weekend event. It's going to okay. be in Tulsa Friday, May. Hold on. It's okay. It's okay. You can send it to me, and yeah. I always make announcements at the beginning. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It's you got be prom a, yeah. corps coming up in April. In May. Yeah. May. May. Okay. Um, Didn't you guys say you had something coming on in April? April we're playing the the Norman Music Festival. Norman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right yeah, okay. on. So uh, go back to prom corps as stag as, as we're playing, which is like the night before. Seventeen. Um, yeah, May seventeenth. Yeah. Perfect. So. Um, Thanks, it's like, Jamie. It's a weekender event. Uh, it's. I would say it's like probably like predominantly hardcore. However, they're making like the Friday the day before show like just a stack lineup of like hardcore intermingle with like with more like bands like us and, and us, like yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> us, hardcore um, and us. So yeah, it's a weekend sort of thing. Uh, it goes for um, it's like Super Normal's first three shows were with metal bands. It was like sorry, here we are. You know, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> I know. Um, what's the name of the uh, so? It's uh, the proceeds go to benefit Oklahomans for equality. Oh, good. Is that, is that what you're? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the proceeds go for yeah Oklahomans for equality. Like it's it's charity event. All That's of an incredible place. That. And by the way, um, they have therapists there. Yes. So mm. if that's something you're into, it's income based. That's where I go. They're wonderful. So yeah, a little plug for nice. Oklahomans for equality. Yeah, they just they just do a lot of good things for a lot of uh, a lot of good people. Oh yeah. Like, you know it's so Great we're place. happy to be a part of it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, we're playing the Norman Music Festival. Sweet. I'm yeah. going to link all that in there. How Sweet. do you guys feel about it? Did you have a good time here? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank yeah. you for having us. It was yes. a good time. And I'm going to bring Stephen back for uh, a pilot episode of Movie Time. Of Movie Time. Movie Time with Steven. Now, we'll come up with a better, wittier title than that. Probably work in anxiety somehow. <laughs> Thanks, Good. guys. Good. Appreciate you. Hey, Thanks, Jamie. I'm broken like the rocks beneath my feet. But the same is true for everyone I meet. The shifting plates.